Uh, oh God, can you tell me anything about Delaware? It's uh, the first state. I'm, I'm, imagine getting magically whisked away to Delaware. Hi, I'm in Delaware. <laughs> you're, you're Troy McClure here to talk about Delaware. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. R.I.P. Phil Hartman. Uh, yeah. yeah, Delaware. Cool. Yeah, Delaware was the first state. Also it was the, the first first member sign. of Conference USA. What a coincidence! Also, I had some had some bitch ass delegates who didn't want to go to war with the with the English. Bitches. I don't really. I don't. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, living in Maryland, Maryland hates Delaware, and I don't know why. They think that they should just not exist, and it should all be Maryland. <laughs> I mean, Maryland sucks. Disagree. Apparently, they were one uh, or they were the only FCS program to average more than twenty thousand fans per game from cool. each season from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand ten. So maybe this isn't as weird of an ad as I thought it was. It's not, but they're just. It's just a. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting this. Del- Delaware just sucks. <laughs> it's just I agree. a shitty as a, state. That as a Marylander, no, no, I have to agree now. Nobody gives a crap about Delaware. I'm just setting us up for failure down the road. Well, yeah, by 2025, by 2025, Tech will be in the SEC. So we're good. Of course. The yeah, Securities yeah, yeah, and Exchange yeah. Commission, yeah. Yeah, we'll be getting busted by the uh, <laughs> by their boats. I mean that's why we got it. That's why we brought in Delaware so that we can put all the Coosa resources in the state that has no personal property tax. No one gives a crap about. It's genius. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this is the last week for a long time we will have anything to say about football. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah. That is until ninety percent of the team leaves in the portal. Yeah, we'll we'll mention that, I guess. But uh, eh. I watched college football this past weekend, and it was amazing. I love college football; it's so great. Uh, you know, <laughs> Alabama scoring on fourth and thirty-two to win the Iron Bowl. I mean, come on! Like, what what more can you want than that? Fourth and thirty-two. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty <laughs> exciting, even though they were playing terrible defense. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, but that's exactly what you want uh, in the Iron Bowl is just like craziness, peak craziness, right? Um, Yeah, my favorite, my favorite moment was uh, Colorado finishing four and eight. (laughs) That was, that (laughs) was without question. Yeah, that was without question my favorite moment of uh, this past college football weekend game day. Ohio State was fun too. That was a, the Michigan game was fun. Yeah, great game. Um. Yeah, so anyway, college football can be fun and good. Uh, but not at La Tech, where it's yeah, been well, really bad for three gonna, years. Yeah, what we're going to talk about is unfortunately not that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're going to kind of put played. a bow on this season, say the last few things we have to say. A I mean, last week, on this. we had mentioned that Scott Power, who was out at defensive coordinator, Hank Bachmeyer hit the transfer portal this week, so did a few other Tech players. Just to kind of wrap it up here before we move on to basketball in earnest, uh, Matt, is there anything else you want to just anything else you I'm not even sure how to phrase the question because it feels like what you I, got, Matt? Yeah. What else do you have to say about the season, about anything except the state of Delaware? Because then we go on tangents that last for eight and a half minutes. Uh, what could I say about this season? It was really, really bad. And it was it felt like it felt like it was worse this year. It felt like things were far worse this year than they were last year and it sucks because we we know the history of louisiana tech football 
And we know that this is the worst three-year stretch the program's ever had. I mean, there may be one other period where it was as bad, maybe. But out of the past, goodness, 50-plus, maybe 60 or 70-plus years, this is the worst three-year stretch that Louisiana Tech football's ever had. Yeah, 1917, 1919, and 1920 would like a word, sir. Um, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Um, yeah. That was pretty bad, but the world was <laughs> ravaged by world war one. <laughs> yeah. No season in 1918 due to the Spanish flu. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that too. But what I'm trying to get at, it's been really, really tough guys. I, I hate how bad the football team is. It's gone from anger to just apathy. Um, it sucks because I want to watch the games, but why bother? They're not going to win. They're not going to compete. I don't like the coach. I only watched a handful of games this year. At one point, Tech was looking pretty good. I think at one point they were three. Help me out here. Three and two or four. Not not four. It was three and three at the end of September. (laughs) They lost a win somewhere in there. They went from four and two back down to nine. That's how heinous they are. But it started off. It was like, man, we've already hit three wins, and then it just completely went off the rails. It's it's just tough to watch. People, kids aren't going to the games. It's not helped by the fact that a lot of some of the games are in the middle of the week and LaTeX on the quarter system. People, I mean, if you're not hitting the books or being diligent, you fuck up on one test or screw up on one exam or whatever. You're you could you're kind of fucked <laughs> in the quarter system. So kids are having to hit the books or they have other things going on, and no one wants to go to a football game on a Tuesday necessarily. I mean, if I was there, I'd be doing it, but. Uh, I don't know what I could say that hasn't already been said. I feel like we've overturned all. I feel like we've turned all the stones that need to be. Uh, I I'll just say that uh, three years ago or two, whatever it was, when I thought when Tech lost to quarterbackless uh, Southern Miss USM, yeah USM, a few years ago was. I still think that that might be the worst moment of the past three years. That was really Oof. really bad. But um, yeah, this season, yeah. It was just the <sighs> whole thing. It was just the whole thing. And now I was uh, fucking around and looking up conference rankings, um, like year-end conference rankings of all FBS conferences, and CUSA is 10th at the very bottom. Um, and for good reason. Uh, it It is absolutely the worst conference. And, oh, God, now I'm starting to get on my – now I'm starting to get on my soapbox. So FCS schools are coming in. Sam Houston already did. Jacksonville State did. And now you've got Delaware coming in a couple of years. Kennesaw State's coming in. And that gets us up to 11 teams. And I'm sure another FCS school is likely to come up. I hope it's Missouri State. Maybe it'll be UMass. They are FBS, but they're independent right now. But let's say another FCS school comes up. So then you've got Sam Houston, Jacksonville, Kennesaw, Delaware, and some other school. That's five FCS schools to FBS. That means not a majority, but damn near half the conference would be recently FCS. And that just, I'm not trying to hate on these schools, but it just sucks that Tech has to be in the same conference as them because and the it's worst a huge in that conference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, well, that's what I was working my way towards is well, okay, that, so that's let me, the part. Let me jump in there with the FCS schools. This is one season that we're looking at here, but if we look at the conference standings at the end of the year and we look at the teams that stayed in Conference USA after realignment and the teams that were added, Granted, Liberty, New Mexico State that are at the top of the conference, they were independents that were added to the conference. 
But you have Jacksonville State that goes eight and four this year. After that, you have Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, and Tech, even though Tech and Sam Houston have the same record at the end of the year, three and nine. And Sam Houston beat Tech, so really they should be above Tech in these rankings. And then at the bottom, you have Tech, UTEP, FIU. The FCS schools that were added, just in general, the additions that Conference USA made this year, made it a better conference than it would have been otherwise. Which is, but that makes it worse because. And I'm not saying that in a good way. I'm just saying that. So with the hand that were dealt, the conference made good additions, I think. No, and I hear we'll what see you're when saying. Kennesaw State comes. We'll see when Delaware comes. And we'll see if the Sunbelt effect happens to Conference USA, too, where you pick the top yeah. of the FCS barrel and the independents and try to get back on or claw your way no, back I, from 10th place. But yeah. this is happening at the worst possible time for Tech. Tech should be so the that, liberty of this group. And instead, they're the same Houston. Right. That's what hurts the worst. La Tech had a lot of success for so for a while with Skip. And, uh, you know, briefly with Sonny Dykes. So it felt like things were kind of on the way up. I kind of, for a while, I foolishly believed that La Tech was going to be like the new TCU, new Boise State, or uh, whoever, Fresno State, whoever. You know, schools that went from relative obscurity. TCU was in the uh, was in CUSA. Um, UCF was in CUSA. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some others that have gone on to do uh, uh on the bigger and better things. So I kind of fooled myself into thinking, man, maybe a on that trajectory. And for a while it felt like it. And then the last three years, and I really don't know. I mean, that, that could be a whole episode of its own. What went wrong three years ago in skips last year that has led us to this point. I don't but think it has anything to do with that. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't, but uh, yeah, like I, I think tech could have gone 10 and two in skips last year and, and it wouldn't have changed anything. It's yeah. a media market thing. TCU is in the DFW area, so they get preference. Boise State, granted, that's also kind of in the middle of nowhere, but they have a l- much larger footprint in that area. There's no other FBS team around them, they're also especially the, now that Idaho's gone for miles. They're also the largest, I mean, school in the state, right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I mean, it definitely feels like we're on, we're not. God, it's hard to say that it doesn't feel like we're at bottom already with how bad this season went. But I mean, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like three, three and nine seasons in a row is not going to do any favors uh, for your recruiting. It's not going to do any favors for your fan base. And um, I guess my only rebuttal is that, you know, winning cures a lot. We haven't done that. But if a couple things go other ways next year maybe maybe it's a five or six win team instead of a three win team but at the same time i mean this season we could have easily lost to fiu instead of beating them uh right to make us two and ten and then i mean the northwestern game and the utep game we won handily but uh utep just fired their coach so they could bring in somebody better you know it's it's just kind of like we feel stagnant and you know all the coach speak stuff we kind of touched on that a little bit ago but I've got a I've got up here a comparison, right? So Coach Cumby likes to talk about we've turned a corner, right? Or we're we're turning a corner. So I pulled up the stat the stats um, for 2022 versus 2023, and we are we are better in some categories. Specifically, we are better in our red zone offense was 29th this season versus 124th under his first season. So that's a pretty good change. We were almost. 90% uh, successful in the red zone this season. 
Um, that of course doesn't take into account the number of red zone trips though. Um, we were better in, um, in generating first downs on offense this season went from, you know, bottom third to like middle third in that category. And then we were, we were a hell of a lot better in passing defense this season. Uh, but I think the reason for that might've been that teams had a year worth of tape on Scott power and knew that they could run the ball at will. Uh, because our run defense stayed the same at 129th this season, which is like, you know, if you're turning a corner, you'd like to see some improvement from literal second or I guess fourth worst defense in a category. But um, areas of concern for me um, this season, our turnover mar- margin was 33 places worse in terms of the FBS rank. Our third down conversion rate was 33 places worse. Red zone defense, we were 126 this season. That's 59 spots lower than last season. Um, our kickoff, or no, that's not an important stat. Let's see, our scoring offense fell. Um, pretty much every offensive category fell. So, I mean, by a little bit. I mean, you want to talk about, are we turning a corner? I mean, we had a better quarterback this season in Hank Bachmeyer, but our passing offense fell by nine spots from 33rd to 42nd. Uh, still couldn't generate anything in terms of run, um, you know, rushing offense. We fell three spots in that category. Couldn't generate turnovers. Um, couldn't stop teams once they entered the red zone. We were we allowed teams to score ninety three percent of the time they entered the red zone. God, so, I mean, it, it's like looking at this. It's That's like bad. At best, we're about the same. At worst, we're a, a hell of a lot worse this season. Um, so uh, just the the talk about like this team specifically 2023. So I'm going to, you know, my feelings about the program and all that stuff. Like, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with what you said, Matt. Um, I have a very pessimistic outlook at this moment in time, but just looking at the 2023 season, like I'm not seeing the progression. I'm not seeing the statistical improvements that you would hope to see in year two of a first time head coach. And now I don't have this pulled up for like Sonny Dykes's first year versus second year or, or skip Holtz, you know, first year. Cause 2013 was a bad season. We used to say, ha ha 2013. We didn't even Never play happened. that year. I wish, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wished, I wish that these last two years were as good as 2013, but, well, um, I just real quick, I want to jump in real quick and just say skip and Sonny Dykes both had market like marked improvement. Their second year, marked. I mean, it was it was. I'm not going to say night and day, but they were much better football teams in their second year. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think that's just what's the most troubling to me about this season. Um, you know, outside of the whole like uh, stuff that happened a few weeks ago and and all that noise and like the noise around the program and how we're like excited to be welcoming in Delaware, right? Like and fucking Kennesaw state next season. Like, no, I'm not excited about that shit. It sucks. And it sucks that we're going to lose to Kennesaw state next year. Right? Like that's what and sucks. Del- and Delaware, Delaware in 2025. We, yeah. we won't lose to them next year, but, uh, we'll we do inexplicably. Yeah. yeah. We might find a way. Um, and again, I mean, what's, no, disrespect, what's troubling, no disrespect, no disrespect yeah. to those programs. Just of real course, quick. No. no disrespect. We're Except just Delaware. upset because, Yes, of course. But, but listen, and we're, not really. we're a program that we beat the SEC champion Alabama Crimson Tide in 1999 when fucking Delaware was trying to learn how to tie their shoes, right? Like, I mean, when Kennesaw State probably didn't even have a program yet. 
right? So like we've been in FBS for for thirty five years, man. Like yeah, the na- the natural. Why are we fucking around happening. placing a hundred and twenty ninth? Right? Like what what are we doing? And I get yeah. that programs have bad years. I, I think you know what what worries me is. You know, talking to our our friend, friend of the pod, Matt correspondent Jake Altman, who's an, an Akron fan, right? And Akron is literally year in and year out, like the best they do is like two and ten, right? They are so, very bad. I, I mean, what worries me is like the apathy around that program, and what he describes to me is like what I'm starting to see. I mean, like, and and I mean, no disrespect to you, Matt. I mean, no disrespect to like Josh, anybody in our group that's not watching these games, but like we're Man. in a group of super fans called go tech please don't die and we're getting maybe 50 percent of our group of guys like watching the, actually watching <laughs> the game right not yeah. not just like not caring but not even not even like going through the effort it's all on espn plus now that shit's 6.99 a month like all you got to do is pay for that like three years ago when we were on stadium and fucking cbs sports network and then fucking you know, whatever else we're on, y'all were fi- finding a way to watch these games, right? We were first row sports yeah. in it. We were, yeah. we were, you know, we were coming up with ways to watch it. And now it's like, I would never have oh, that I'd, effort. I'd literally rather spend my three hours doing anything else. Right. And and I'm not speaking for yeah. myself here, but, and again, I mean, sure. no disrespect because the product on the field is not worth your time. But no. when that's where we're at as a program, right. That's what's concerning to me is like, yeah, it, it hurts used to be like I'm a, I'm gonna plan my Saturday around watching yeah, Tech football. Time. Now it's like, oh okay, like, all right, you know, I I guess I'll I'm going to the store. So like, whatever, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, I, I don't. That, that is how it is because yeah, and I Tech football was a big part of my weekends. It was like Julia, I can't go do this. I got to be at home to watch a game. I, it was a big yeah. deal uh, for me, and and it just evaporated. Yeah. And it's, you know, winning will turn that around too, right? Or having a new coach, having some excitement pumped back into the into the program, but like that's not gonna happen this season looks like. So uh anyway, in in closing here, because I know like Nathan, you gotta cut this down pretty far, yeah. <laughs> I think. But um, you know, I, I think the most troubling thing to me is that apathy that's around the program and then the like actual data does not support any real form of growth other than scott powers passing defense being a lot better but uh he's he gone so uh you know 18th ranked passing defense shout out but again when you're giving up you're giving up 235 yards on the ground uh don't don't really need to pass so uh well yeah yes and so it's just tough I, th- I think that's kind of the moral of the story here. It's it's tough. Yeah, I'll, I'll close with this isn't optimism, but it's it's somewhere in that direction. So we have Skip Holtz's 2013 year, the year that we talk about that doesn't exist. SportsReference.com uses a statistic called Simple Rating System that basically says if you play an average team, an average college football team, will you win or lose by this many points? So negative means that you we would lose by that many points. Positive would be we win by that many points against an average college football team in that year. Skip Holtz's 2013 team would lose to the average football team by 15.66 points. Not quite the lowest in Tech's history, but you have to go back to 1994 to find a year that was worse uh, when Tech was coached by Joe Peace. Sonny Cumbie's first year, last year in 2022, 
that number. Instead, it went, I mean, Skip Holtz had quite a few good years in there too, but Sunday Cumbies was negative 12.66. So Tech will lose by an average score of 12.66 points. This year, 2023, it's 10.25 or negative 10.25. So Tech would shave off about two and a half points from that. So if we just let Sunday Cumbie continue on this trajectory in like 10 years or so, we'll be winning games. So I think we just need to stick it out. (laughs) 10 more years. Yeah. As humorous as that is, man, it just, it's like, how far is the bar fallen? How bad is, how bad is the program really becoming? Because when you're struggling against these FCS promoted schools, it's just like the, and it just feels like the program's taking these huge steps backwards to where they're basically becoming an FCS team. And I've said it on Twitter a million times. What I've seen the highlights or lowlights of a lot of these games, and it's just like, man, how much farther can the program fall? Could they win no games next year? That that that's 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 just why, man, I can't watch the games. And it's it's why it. I mentioned in the chat the other day that I wouldn't be surprised if during realignment, a lot of these schools have to like shutter their program. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if people wanted Tech to shutter their program. That would surprise me, but I'm tired of talking about football, so let's not go too far into that conversation. And let's jump to a team that has been winning quite a bit recently, Hell the men's basketball yeah. program. Over this past right. week, That's- the Bulldogs played three times at Thomas Assembly Center, defeating the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, the McNeese State Cowboys, and the Dillard. Oh, God, I started this and didn't realize what Dillard was. The dope, department man. stores but we already made that joke so many times <laughs> to be blue fair devils. i mean you may they're the blue devils blue devils but blue spelled in the french way so wait a second whoa they call yeah, them the blue the, the, the blue devils the devils is in english and so it's just the one word is the in blue french devils the blue devils <laughs> okay <laughs> so it's like blue cheese but it's like blue cheese but devils, okay. Blue cheese. And boy, did they stink horrible. out on that court. <laughs> they are a terrible condiment. The condiment? This cheese a condiment. Blue cheese is. is the way right? I like use blue it. cheese sauce. Yeah, anyway. blue cheese is the worst. I'm at Wingstop and they're like, you want blue cheese or ranch? I was like, I don't know. Do I look like a fucking piece of shit? And the answer, yes. And give anyway. me blue cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, Douse this bitch in blue cheese. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it. It's been Nickelodeon great to... slimy with blue cheese. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> so think um, of the children. It's been great watching the Bulldogs play so well. Yeah, a team that you might actually want to tune in for, right? I mean, uh, yeah, and I, a I game I actually attended. I went to the yeah. Southern Utah game. How first was... time back in the tech since I guess technically my brother's graduation, but first time at a sporting event since I think I was in school there. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy, man. It's. Uh, it's kind of turned into the tap show. Am I right? <laughs> it sure was. I'll lean into that. Yeah. Daniel Bacho went off, especially against Southern Utah in this game. I guess not especially. I should check the stats before I say things. Only 10 points, but he just looked good. He just looked like the guy that would be the difference on the season. Yeah. I mean, 10 yeah, points, sure. 12 rebounds, one assist, three blocks, two steals. That's a really good stat line for your big man. And um, the ball distribution is something I really like. You look at a lot of these box scores, you don't really see anyone who's... The the top score is never the top score by a bunch of points. It just seems like the team's really well coached and giving the ball to different players at different spots on the floor, and everybody is sinking their shots for the most part, which you love to see. Yeah, Isaiah Crawford was the leader on this night, but they had three Bulldogs and double digits points scored. 
So that, like you yeah. said, is always nice to see. And that's fantastic. I don't know. I mean, defensively, it feels like the team's playing really well too. And I think that's kind of what Joe Chester's really kind of pushed is being a strong defensive team. So I'm not saying Tech's going to win the whole tournament and uh, make up for what was a horrible football season, but I'm not saying they're not going to. <laughs> I'll say they will. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned defense right now, 60th best defense and effective field goal percentage so far in this early season. That is quite an improvement over last year. Yeah. And last year we talked about like, hey, Talvin Hester says he wants to be a defensive coach, but we're not really seeing it. I think in this case, like it's pretty clear he needed to get his guys in here. This team's not only like are they performing pretty well right on this five game win streak, but they just look like a team, if that makes sense. I I don't like last year looked like at times it looked like, you know, Crawford and then Kobe playing hero ball, but there hasn't really been a lot of that this season so far. Um, Hopefully that will continue, obviously. But, you know, and the one loss on the season actually is looking not terrible right now. Colorado State is up to Colorado. Colorado State's up to 29th in uh, in Ken Palm right now. And I think they're undefeated on the season, if I'm not mistaken. I think they just beat. Let's see. You, I got logged out of Ken Palm here. Yeah, I did that to you. (laughs) Yeah, they currently have the fourth longest active win streak in the nation with six straight wins in a row. Dude, they beat the shit out of number 15 Creighton, 69 to 48. So I mean, also nice. This is a game where we were winning by double digits in the in the second half, but you know Crawford was in huge foul trouble and we didn't have Bacho yet. So, I mean, I'd love to run that one back with the team we've got now and, and the way that we're rolling. But yeah, I mean, like you said, Matt, you look across this box score and you know, there's 11 assists. The team shot 54% from the field. I mean, I just love Crawford's stat line here. Six for six from the field, six free throws made six rebounds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot of six. I mean, yeah. uh, hopefully one six, more six, than six, three. Six. Thank Congrats God. Congrats on the six. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the first game against Colorado State was a was an eight point loss, and that looks like a damn good loss uh, by Texas. Quality standards. loss. Yeah, and if uh, if if Bacha is playing in that game, maybe maybe it is a little bit closer. Maybe Tech wins, but and if Crawford and even got to play more than twelve minutes, maybe we win, right? I mean, oh yeah, that's true too. Or, yeah, and, and it's uh, worth mentioning here that outside of Colorado State, the schedule has been. Bad, amazingly easy. Um, uh, but McNeese is okay. McNeese is okay. Which we're about to get to is is a pretty good team and actually told us a lot by winning that game by nine points, seventy one sixty two. Um, the day after we faced off against Southern Utah, McNeese came to the tack, and I mean this game was a little bit closer. It was you know a little bit more back and forth early, but I mean Tech was up by six at halftime, and at the second half, this Bulldog team in the second half has just been turning it on. I think at least in the first five games, they've outscored their opponents in this like the last five or ten minutes. I'm trying to find the Kane McGuire tweet where he mentioned this stat. But th- we have been great to close out games, and that's going to be very important if that trend continues. Yeah, and it's going to be super important as we open up Cusa play here because New Mexico, just like us, they are 5-1. and one. Yeah, yeah, So I mean- before this game against uh, Dillard, and it was probably true in this one as well, Kane McGuire tweeted, the Bulldogs have outscored their opponents in the final five minutes of each half, nine out of 10 times each season. Opponents are shooting just 28.9% from the field during the last five minutes of each half. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and this McNeese game really got to see Bacho, you know, kind of 
come into his own. This was maybe his first time like really showing out 17 points, only eight rebounds. So he didn't get the double double, but four blocks in there as well. So, um, and he's, he's got four blocks, but only three fouls. So you got to love that. Cause he, he's like choosing his spot and that six eleven framed in, uh, you know, inside there is, uh, is causing some problems for these opponents. Yeah. And then was Dillard. Yeah. Dillard, yeah. uh, you know, um, got, I think we subbed out the entire team at the four minute timeout or the 16 minute timeout in the first half. Yeah, got, got <laughs> this had a huge roster too with them. 14. We had 14 players on the box score here. Yeah, man. And if I was, in the state, I was in the arena, they would have let me play. <laughs> I'm sure I went to the wrong game. Ben Ponder got on this one. Yeah. Ben Ponder with a nice little, little, uh, you know, dipsy do in the lane to, to get a, get a layup. That's the technical term. Yeah. Yeah. I do like everybody I tweeted out from the GoTech stats account, the plus minus at this point in the season, uh, when the players on the court, how many more points or fewer points are scored when they're there. And because he's played some games, he's at plus six, plus six. I say played some games. I think this was the one game yeah. he came in on. Um, and is not in last place on the team right now. So he may, <laughs> he may stay above that for the entire year. Yeah. I also want to shout out in this game. I mean, I watched a little bit of it, not, not all of it, but the MVP goes to Devin Ree off the bench. He played 24 minutes off the bench, 21 points. This is our Louisville transfer, by the way. Um, yeah. And God, it felt like every single three pointer was falling in the first half. It, I mean, we must have started out like eight for 10 or something. It was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, getting some quality minutes for guys even down the bench. We've got Terry Miller, who's um, sort of the backup center, uh, 6'8, 250. So he's, you know, not quite Junior Lofton's, uh, shall he, we say, size, but um, he's he, reminiscent of it. He's got the passing. He is he is very good at passing, man. Like I, we've barely seen him play. He's coming off a foot injury, I think. But he had two assists in this game that were like I didn't even see the ball. Like it, it was in, it was incredible. It was in his hands, and then it was being laid up behind him. Like I, I don't even know, but. You know, great to see the stat line, even from this Dillard game, you know, we went 105 to 65, but you know, our starting point guard, Sean Newman had zero points, five assists. Like, I just love seeing that, man. He's not like, I'm going to use my 16 minutes to go get glory for myself. No, I'm going to distribute the ball. That's my job, right? This team seems to do, they seem to do their job, which I think is maybe what we've been lacking in like the Conkle era. And then last year with, with sort of Conkle's players. Right. Well, I thought you said it best when you said that Hester just needed to bring in his own guys. And yeah, I, yeah, when you get the guys you want in the system that you've created, it makes a huge difference. When you've got leftovers from a system that you did not create, there's going to be some trouble. So the team's gelling really well. I love what I see. The last few opponents have been not that great. I realize that McNeese is an okay program, but still, I, I'm looking forward to this game against uh, New Mexico because they're five and one. Uh, their only loss was to a ranked St. Mary's, although they did beat UT Arlington by only two points. <laughs> yeah, currently ranked 52nd in Ken Palm. This game will be played Wednesday, November 29th at 8 p.m. Central at The Pit in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I assume that's North Texas's Super Pit when exposed to kryptonite is where <laughs> New Mexico plays their games. Uh, this will tell us what? a lot yeah, about uh -huh. this Bulldog team and how good they are. Yeah, I mean, New Mexico pretty much across the board looks better than us in most categories. I mean, 
You look at their their defense is ranked 52nd. Our offense is ranked 125th. Their offense is ranked 45th. Our defense is ranked 88th, right? In, in terms of the efficiency, effective field goal percentage, pretty much the same story, slightly different numbers. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we match up with a team that on paper should be better than us. Right. Yeah. And look for guys like Jamal Mashburn and Donovan Jamal Mashburn? Is that yeah, Donovan Dan. Dent was actually the name that I was leaning The Monster towards. Mash? The, is, the, the Monster uh, Mash, yeah. No, like uh, Jamal Mashburn. Okay, I was just leaning He played for the Hornets. Yeah. Is this, he found some eligibility. Is this Jamal Mashburn's son? Well, um, I would like to think that Tech is just going to beat the crap out of New Mexico, but I'm hoping for a close game. Obviously, want a Bulldog win. Uh, just because it's, it's, it's fucking Jamal Mashburn Jr. Oh, well, there you go. I this, really, yes. <laughs> Evan's going to need no, a minute. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, no, literally at Hornets games, when they first moved to New Orleans, they had a player named Jamal Mashburn. And anytime he like would dunk, they would, they would just play a little sound clip on the PA that was like, he did the monster mash, you know, like the monster mash. The monster mash. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so now his son, who was probably born after this time that I saw Jamal Mashford Sr. playing at the uh, whatever they called the Smoothie King Center back then, the the New Orleans Arena, I think it was called. Um, And we'll see if his son is a graveyard smash on Wednesday. We will take on the Bulldogs. So, Nathan, you had another name. I didn't quite commit to that. Sorry. Yeah. One one last or a couple last names here. Uh, Just uh, some of these names are just great. And. I'm going down the contributor list. There's a guy named JT Toppin. JT Toppin. JT okay. Toppin. And then um, Nelly Jr. Joseph. I'm also enjoying. So uh, look look for some names. I don't know. They may win. They may lose. Who cares? They got some names. It's it's Dent that I think ever we need to look out for. Yeah, he's got uh, a pretty high assist rate. Yeah, that's the guy I think we need to look out for. And um, I coming away with a win against these guys kind of sets a tone for the way that Kusa might unfold. I think LaTeX got a pretty strong basketball team this year. So I don't think this game's going to be on any, it's, it's on mountain West network, which you can get for free on mm. what was it, Nathan? It's like dmw.com or something. Yeah. There's a website. They've got Roku apps and yeah. things like that too. So mw.com slash watch. There you go. Yeah. I'll mess around with it and see what I can do, but should be exciting. Obviously, hope Tech wins. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ken Palm predicts that Tech will lose this game 80 to 71. Yeah. I mean, that that wouldn't be a, a terrible result. I mean, obviously, you want to win the game. But showing up on the road like we did at Colorado State, I mean, you know, Colorado State, we end up losing by eight. So, I mean, a nine-point loss kind of makes sense here to me. Yeah. As far as the prediction goes. Yeah. Good things can happen, but we'll have to see on Wednesday. That's not the only game. We'll talk about this one a little bit shorter. Nickel State is on Saturday, December 2nd. This game will be played at the Thomas Assembly Center in Ruston at 2 p.m. Central. Nickel State is ranked 259th right now in Division I basketball. Tech, by the way, is 94th going into this week. They've steadily increased uh, their ranking throughout these past couple weeks. Tech has. Uh, Nickel State seems to be your run-of-the-mill, lower-tier program. Even McNeese is ranked higher than they were. But, I mean, we still have to, you know, give effort. This isn't going to be a Lyon or a Dillard kind of school. They can shock you if you give them enough time and don't take them seriously. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, Ken Palm's got that one as a 75 to 63 victory, 87% likely um, for that result. So should be should be a win. But like you're saying, Nathan, I mean, you can't take any any D1 school for granted. I mean, hell, FAU lost to somebody Bryant, I think. I don't even know uh, the other the other day. So definitely don't want to take Nickel State lightly in state opponent. So let's talk women's basketball before we do our predictions for the week. Oh God, do we have to? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm with you, I'm, but the texters, I'm very, um, they not looked, great. they looked okay to start out with in their two game, their first two games out in wherever they were. Des Moines, Moines, as uh, Nathan would say. Um, I would say it wrong, but in a different way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, unfortunately, they they just. They had some good stuff going and then they would just the other team would figure out how to score, uh, you know, how to how to break our defense. And it was pretty much over at that point. We would just stop scoring. I guess. Did we cover the Texas game last week? I don't know. We we, we got did. we got shit on by Texas. Go figure. End up losing to the home team Drake at this Drake Thanksgiving challenge. Seventy seven to sixty six um, after having a pretty sizable lead i think in the um maybe towards the end of the first half that just got chipped away at and then the main game was back and forth and we end up losing that one 60 to 54 you know it's really interesting to look at some of the stats because like you've got players that are taking like 15 shots a game but only making two in in these games where they're really close so it's like hey maybe if you didn't do maybe if you changed that a little bit or stopped putting the ball in this person who's just cold right now right it's salma bates i think went like four for 32 or something in the first two days of this tournament and it's just like hey maybe don't don't take so many shots um and then the third game against richmond we lost 83 to 56 so didn't watch any of that one uh didn't feel like i needed to after you know the first two losses um and unfortunately that's kind of seems like how the textures are going to be this year yeah we get a chance to see just how bad they are this wednesday they'll face off against ulm at home uh ulm although they're five and one on the year massey gives them a number 221 ranking in division one uh they haven't really beaten anybody impressive they lost to arkansas in their one loss but then beat teams like miami of ohio mississippi valley state wisconsin milwaukee teams like that where you expect them to win um so if Tech loses to ULM, which they should never do in any occasion in any sport, except, what was it, water skiing? Whatever that one sport is that ULM is somehow <laughs> yeah. good oh, at. Jesus they Christ. Are, Those they guys are, are very fucking, good at water skiing, yeah. They are then, unbelievable. <laughs> that That's the one exception, but we should be beating them and everything else. Uh, if Tech were to lose this game, that's and not throwing the towel on the season. But this was already a down week this past week where we learned we can't really even quite compete with those middle of the pack teams that we were hoping to. And if we lose to ULM as well, this is going to be a long season. Massey gives us an 85% chance to win that game, 72-59. And then Tech will travel to Nashville to play Vanderbilt on the third on Sunday. That's a 16% chance to beat them. Vanderbilt has yet to lose a game this year, ranked 45th in Massey. Final score predicted there, 59-71. So the Bulldogs are predicted to win one of two games. The Texters are predicted to win one of two games. Do we see this as a two and two week or are we feeling maybe a little bit more optimistic trying to 
be happy now that football is completely out of the picture. We're, we're taking it all, baby. 4 and 0. 10 and 0. Yeah, 4 and 0. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to, for this New Mexico game um, for the men's team. And then let's see, who do the Texters play? They have ULM and Vandy. Ooh, we ain't beating Vandy. Uh, I think we'll beat ULM, lose to Vandy, and I'm going to say the men get it done in New Mexico. Where are they? In Albuquerque, I think? The Lobos? Yeah, Albuquerque. The pit. Yeah, I think I think they'll get it done. I think they they feel they probably feel like they need this test. And, you know, the Colorado State game, similar opponent on the road, um, you know, in, in sort of Mountain West territory. But our team probably feels like they haven't had a chance to like play a, a similar opponent with our full, you know, our full roster, right? So I think the guys will be ready to go, uh, ready to show what they've got um, out in Albuquerque. And then, yeah, Nichols, I mean, write it in pen. We got it. Yeah, I say it's a two and two week, but it's two men's victories and two women's eh. losses. I'd take it, honestly, at this point. The texters, they make me sad. I do like watching. There's a, a true freshman, uh, Gianna Morris. Um, she's five foot seven from Sherwood, Arkansas. Very fun to watch. Um, I think she's the point guard when she's on the floor, but she's reminiscent of some of the the recent Texters players that we've had, at least through the you know two or so total games that I've watched so far. So shout out to her. But uh, yeah, three and one, I guess, is my prediction. All right. So yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Let's do the tweet of the week. All right. In this week's tweet of the week, we need a pat on the back this week after dealing with all that football talk. So we're just going to give it to ourselves. Evan came up with a great tweet after the Bulldog baseball team signed Rhett Ketchum, not of Pallet Town, but of Meridian Community College. Uh, his quote tweet with the GoTech account says, after Rhett Ketchum, Rhett throw him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> listen, I don't like Nathan was the one who suggested because I tweeted this. So Nathan suggested that we give it to this. Uh, and I, I, I agreed. I mean, because listen, <laughs> okay. this was the best tweet of the week. So like, listen, if you got a problem, tweet better. I don't know. <laughs> like, or post this is at least better. the second time we've told people to tweet better. Uh, uh, that's true. I think last time we didn't end up awarding it. But uh, anyway, 10 years ago, there was a tweet from a hockey writer named Sean Gentile. Uh, there was a hockey player named Emerson Edom. He tweeted a few hours after Emerson eat him, Emerson poop him. And uh, <laughs> that just, that is a classic. It's a banger from hockey Twitter. Uh, and it's not very often that you come across opportunities to, uh, to emulate stuff like that. So I looked up what position Rhett Ketchum plays. He plays center field. Typically, I guess it says it right here. He's an outfielder. Um, and uh, yeah. So after you catch him, you throw him, you know, that's, that's all you need to know. Yeah. And that all that applause you're hearing in the background was edited in. Um, so you don't have to. If you're wondering what that was. It was just me clapping for myself. <laughs> Sound of me patting myself on the back. Much deserved. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog or Instagram, gtpdd.dog. But on the blog, you can go to the shop can't do that on instagram at least not yet on the shop it is currently 
our Cyber Engineering Monday sale. Instead of Cyber Monday, it's Cyber Engineering Monday. This was a joke I had like three years ago that I bring back up once a year. And not because <laughs> I have a cyber engineering degree. Um, Listen, it's kind of like me quote tweeting my own tweet and giving it yeah, tweet of the week, okay. right? It's, Whenever, I mean, all right, so you can't keep justifying <laughs> that to yourself. Eventually, you just got to let it sit. <laughs> this year's deal, though, in our Cyber Engineering Monday sale that will go through the rest of the week, actually. 15% off one item, 25% off two items, or 35% off three items, different codes for each. Just head to gtpdd.dog slash shop. You can check that out. Add things to your cart. You know, you can get four items. There's no rule that says you can't. You'll still only get 35% off, but, you know, just go ahead. Do it. gtpdd.dog slash shop. I've realized most of my pitches for buying things from our store just kind of end with a, I don't know, do it. And, I don't know, do it. gtpdd.dog slash shop. And oh, until next I, time. Hold on. I like that you've updated the uh, the website here with a countdown to the Conference USA basketball tournament. 105 days. Yeah. But not to baseball season, which is before that? Interesting. Ooh, I didn't think about that. My first thought was, I don't want to update this for every single basketball game. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anyway, check out that calendar, the shop, and everything. GTPDD.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. at some point in there yeah it was just terrible yeah that was yeah that was that was rough but you know piece it together they can't all be good people to be fair we were talking about delaware yeah (laughs) like how how are you going to expect a good cold open if the subject is delaware well let's see now we have a good cold open (laughs) no hold on a second delaware delegates i was trying to figure out 87 we had Richard Bassett, bitch, Gunning Bedford Jr., loser. Gunning Bedford Jr.? <laughs> yeah. We had fucking Jacob Broom, pussy, uh, John Dickinson and George Reed. I don't know. Probably treasonists. John Dickinson sounds familiar. That sounds like the dude that John Adams called a bitch for being a Quaker. <laughs> <laughs>